for Seth. No milk, no sugar. Right here. Thank you. No Milk, No Sugar, the podcast about business beneath the sweetener. Powered by Morales Group and hosted by CEO Seth Morales, we talk to local movers and shakers about what can be the harsh reality of doing business. We cover what no one likes to advertise, but everyone wants to hear. I'm Tori, producer of the show. Today, we talk to Carolyn Mosby, former president and CEO of Mid-States Minority Supplier Development Council and seasoned corporate leader about equity and capital and how corporations can and should level the playing field for minority businesses. Thank you again, Carolyn, for for joining the show. Um, I think we've known each other for about a decade. I know that you just jumped into a new role, but the last last 10 years, tell us about what you've been doing, all the good work that you were doing with Mid-States. Just give us a quick update on uh, the decade of just great work there. Yeah, well, thanks for having me today. Um, glad to be here. Um, so yeah, I was with Mid States or been with Mid States for eleven years, and actually they went by really fast. But I think you know when I joined the organization, um, I joined at a time where we were actually going through some transition nationally. So when I came on board. Um, you know, the, the territory um, expanded um, from one state being Indiana to part of three states. And so that was sort of what um, I kind of came into right away was really figuring out how to expand our service offerings across three states to make sure that we were able to serve, you know, the constituents that we represent which is corporate America and um, certified minority businesses. So I'd say the first few years was really focused on on restructuring and really getting um, processes in place to be able to to serve those markets. And, um, you know, I think the the biggest focus has always been on economic development and economic empowerment um, for communities of color um, as it relates to contracting opportunities with corporate America, because that's the primary mission uh, of mid-states as well as our national organization. So really looking at ways to not just connect minority businesses to corporate corporations, but to really follow that through with actual opportunities and contracts. Yeah, I like it. You were you were basically kind of the glue or the bridge between a lot of businesses out there that were minority owned and those corporate buying Fortune 500 companies that wanted to um, find a way to, to work with other minority-owned businesses. So wonderful work you did. So you said 11 years, you expanded really kind of, I mean, there's probably hundreds of millions of dollars in contracting that you were responsible for or helpful in connecting. Um, want to thank you for that, being a minority-owned business and knowing the opportunities there. I know that you were always very helpful with trying to connect us as an organization. So we appreciate that. My, my, my first question to you is just, um, what are you most proud of in, in that role and what you did over the last decade and some change? What are you, what are you grateful and, and proud of? Yeah, you know, somebody asked me that uh, a couple of weeks ago and I was like, man, I don't know, um, because it just feels like there's always still so much to do. And, and I mean, this is just an area where, you know, um, you know, grateful for the strides we've made in supplier diversity, but there's still so much to do because it's still so, you know, the gaps are just still so, so large. Um, but I'd say, you know, for me, 
about it's really about when I look at what what our organization has been able to accomplish, it's really kind of moving the needle just a little bit. I mean, I just don't even really feel like it's been moved that much, to be honest with you. Um, but really looking at things from the perspective of not just contracts, but more about economic empowerment. So I think partnerships for me has been something that I've been proud of, where we've been able to leverage partnerships on the corporate side, but also with other organizations that are focused on um, uh, contracting diversity as well. So, you know, I've always been a big proponent of not recreating the wheel. So if there was a way that we could leverage expertise or service or offerings that other organizations had, I've always tried to make sure that we reached out to be partners because I think we're stronger together because we talk a lot about encouraging our minority businesses to partner uh, and to do joint ventures, but organizations like ours and, and, and WeBank and, and the state and the city, I think we have to do a better job of partnering too because I think together we bring more resources to the table for the demographic of diverse-owned companies that we're trying to reach. I like that idea of partnerships versus contracts and, and really kind of together we're, we're stronger. You talked about real quick, you said there's still some gaps. What, what would be those gaps if you were to kind of call some of those things out? We've moved the needle or you said you've moved the needle, but it's been not, not to your liking. What, 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 where's there more work to be done? We always talk about access to capital, but even when you look at the dollars that are spent by corporations, you know, it's just a little bit. I mean, when you look at their overall spend in contracting with the with suppliers and the percentage um, that goes to diverse suppliers, that's a huge gap. One of my counterparts in Michigan did a study, and the study showed that if corporate America continues to move at the pace that they're currently moving at, it will take 333 years for us to reach any sort of economic parity. So that's very concerning. So, so you know, you, you have to give, I think you give kudos to those companies that are definitely, you know, meeting their goals and, and stretching beyond their goals and, and even thinking outside of the box. But, you know, there's still a long way to go when you look at the, the disparity that exists uh, when it comes to contracting opportunities for diverse owned companies. Wow. That's that that stat that study That's of a powerful that your colleague number. did 333 years to to kind of reach parity. Do you think that more aggressive yeah, that, that strategy is, needs to wow. be taken into place to kind of reach the parity you're talking about? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think more aggressive strategies, more thinking outside of the box and not just continuing to do things that we've always done. Um, you know, I think that there's an opportunity for, for companies to be more intentional about providing opportunities. And it's not just mentoring programs. It's not, you know, going to trade shows and meeting people. It's really being intentional about, hey, if you're really trying to make a difference and you say you don't have any diverse suppliers in a particular area, 
help a minority business get started <laughs> in the in those areas where you have the gap, right? So invest in a company directly. Don't give them a loan, become their business partner or help them get set up and go into business so that they can become your main supplier. So I think, you know, there are ways, you know, that you can think outside of the box. You know, there's, there's an, a corporation who is about to announce something that I've not heard of in a while, and I don't want to steal their thunder, but they're, they're about to do um, contracting that's specifically for one particular ethnic group. Um, they're going to be letting contracts for a particular service, and it's going to be only available to a certain ethnic group. That's their way of trying to uh, level the playing field in an area where they see they only have one supplier of color in that particular area. So they're saying, how can we how can we provide more opportunities and, and remove some of the barriers to entry? So I think corporations have to think outside of the box and not be afraid to do things that they haven't done before. I, I'm coming back to this stat that uh, it, it's, it would take over 300 plus years to kind of reach parity. Where are we at today? Like, is there a, uh, a certain stat like, hey, of the, you know, this is what percent, you know, minority owned opportunities or getting, what, what does that look like today? Is there a number, a key stat? In central Indiana, among corporations that are affiliated with mid-states that reported their numbers to us just during the month of February for Black History Month, we had maybe, gosh, I think it might've been like 32 companies reported their Black business spend, and it was $400 million. Now, <laughs> You know, some people might think that's good, but, you know, when you consider one or two of the people on the list are probably in the $300 million range, that's not very good. So, you know, and and, and Black-owned businesses are our largest demographic of certified, but then um, Hispanic is second. And so we'll be doing that same kind of study um, for Hispanic Heritage Month, but I mean, I'm not, I won't be surprised that, you know, those numbers will probably look very similar. So, you know, the, the, the challenge is that, you know, many of the companies that have good intentions don't have the support for supplier diversity that starts at the top of the organization. So just like anything that's important to a company, if the CEO isn't driving it, if it's not attached to performance and things like that, there's no accountability. So if you have someone that's a middle manager or director in supplier diversity or purchasing that's trying to drive a program and they don't have any support, that's very difficult. So there are companies out there that have good intentions, but they just don't have the infrastructure set up to really support a program. And then you have others that it's really just lip service and they think just by paying a membership fee to my organization or others that that somehow is is speaking to some sort of commitment and it isn't. That's the essence of no milk, no sugar, kind of shooting it straight and, and, and saying what's not working and what needs to be done. I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, I mean, and I think I just want to say, too, with the with the companies, you know, and that number at 400 million, you know, we have to start someplace. And I think that get, gave, gave us a really good benchmark. And so for those companies that, you know, were willing to share their numbers and to say, hey, we're doing something, we're not doing great, but we want to do better. How can you help us? Because that was really the point of us asking for the numbers just to say, hey, let's see where we're at and what we can do to do better. So certainly not, not to shame anyone or 
or you know point a finger. You brought up a lot of the things um, that we, we um, already wanted to ask you about. One being pitfalls that you see companies or organizations constantly falling into. So you mentioned um, we just need to get started. What's something that corporations or companies can take that first step to kind of taking action into creating these like equitable partnerships. So it's not just lip service. You mentioned infrastructure, but that takes a lot of time. So where would you recommend that organizations begin? Well, it has to start from the top. So there has to be a commitment um, and it has to be communicated by the leadership of the organization that is important. It has to be something that is um, attached to performance. I think, you know, the organization has to take a look at where they have gaps in their supply chain and where they need diverse suppliers and look for those opportunities and to utilize best practices that are out there. Um, You know, there's a a group called the Billion Dollar Roundtable that's comprised of corporations that spend in excess of a billion dollars every year with diverse-owned companies. And so they've actually put together a list of best practices um, that they've used to, to get to that billion dollar spend. And so, you know, to really leverage the leverage the information that's out there that's provided by companies that are part of the billion dollar roundtable that really provides the roadmap. But one of the other things um, that, that we've been talking about here locally a lot with the Business Equity for Indy initiative and the procurement roundtable um, is working with a, a consultant, Reggie Williams, who talks about fail safe. Um, and that's basically saying that no contracts will be let without the solicitation of diverse suppliers. So if you're intentional about making sure that you're actively seeking diverse suppliers to participate in the procurement process, and then there's accountability that that goes throughout the organization, then everybody has some skin in the game and they're more intentional about looking for um, um, those diverse suppliers. So you have to be intentional in order to affect change. You have been kind of the the focal icon in minority-owned business spaces, the connector and the glue to corporate, you know, publicly traded Fortune 500 companies and groups like Telemon or Mace Chemical and other affiliates like Morales Group where you've been great of just connecting the dots and trying to I mean, the champion. Main kind of uh, sounds like there's there's more work to be done. And is disrupting DEI. We want to have a lot of tangible takeaways for organizations to either get started or for further equity in their spaces, networks, or workplaces. Is there anything else you kind of want to nutshell just for our listeners, um, especially like what can we as corporate spaces do to further equity in our networks? Yeah, I mean, I think people have to be willing to speak up and go left when everybody else is going right. Because, you know, without the intentionality in this space, it's just not going to happen. There has to be more than one advocate. Um, There has to be more than one person that's trying to push the envelope. And you have to be able to have uncomfortable conversations. I had one yesterday with an organization that, you know, I've been talking Two for several years, probably for as long as I've been with the council, um, you know, where I've questioned, you know, we we um, as a state and as a city, we are constantly seeking to bring major corporations to central Indiana and to the state. And we give them all <laughs> everything, you know, give them tax breaks and all kind of things to get them here. We don't ask a whole lot of them, but among the things that we do ask them for 
isn't for them to make a commitment to doing business with, with diverse suppliers. And when you think about when a major corporation does relocate here or builds a plant, our suppliers want to do business with them. So if the state of Indiana is talking about, you know, diversity and entrepreneurship is important, then you need to be more deliberate in making sure that those companies that you're recruiting here um, make a commitment to doing business with diverse owned companies, not just ethnic, but women and and veterans and LGBTQ. Uh, Because again, at the end of the day, it's all about economic development. So those those companies are helping to fuel communities and provide jobs and um, buy homes in different communities. And so I think we have to be more deliver, deliberate about asking those corporations, you know, to make commitments to our community beyond just hiring a few people. Thanks for tuning into another episode of No Milk, No Sugar, the podcast about business beneath the sweetener. We hope you learned something and we'd love to hear from you. Tag us with hashtag no milk, no sugar, or email us at no milk, no sugar pod at gmail.com or connect with Seth on LinkedIn. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and we'll see you next time.